But life is not all that. There's religion in life. Go to church, get your spirit back. It's Jesus saves. I don't know who. Couldn't save his own ass. No, he was a nice person, according to the history books. I get chills when I talk about him, but I got to. That's some kind of weird shit. I wouldn't get crucified, because knowing what people are like, mother couldn't crucify me. Say, yeah, bro, it's funny, motherfucker. God. <laughs> I'm gonna step it on off a couple more blocks. You can imagine getting crucified, motherfucker, sticking nail in your hand? Shit. It's either genius or bed bug time. <laughs> Did you let a motherfucker stick some nails in your hand, bro? No, I know. <laughs> Shit. And he was a carpenter, too. He made uh, crucifixes. He didn't help them other motherfuckers he made the crucifix for. But he dropped some dirty shit on the motherfucker when they did him in, right? He said, forgive him, Father. They know not what they do. <laughs> That'll hold them motherfuckers. <laughs> Fuck with that one. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Today we have Iman Hadchiti. He's a stand-up comedian who was born in South Australia. He currently, I believe, is in UK. You can catch him on Twitter, Facebook, all of that nonsense. Yeah, we caught up with Iman when he was in town for the Melbourne Comedy Festival back in, like, 2013. So this this podcast is actually quite old. It's before the election. Abbott was not in at this point. Iman's comedy targets the illogical side of religion, so we decided to look at our religion and how it uh, is reflected in some of the scientific institutions that we have today. On the show, you'll also be hearing comedy from Patton Oswalt, Louis C.K., George Carlin, Robin Williams. uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. The show notes will have all the details. But um, fair warning, this podcast is highly offensive. Uh, There is coarse language. There are comedians saying things that ordinary folk cannot say in polite company. So if you are young of age, if that matters, or... If you are easily, if you're sensitive or easily offended, please do not listen to any more of this podcast. If not, enjoy. And of course, to bring us in, DJ Wasabi, one half of the incredible Fortnite Productions. If you like the music from any of the earlier podcasts or you like the ones from this one, hit me up. I can uh, hook you up with some of the music for free. So, um, yeah, check it out. MC Siphon, DJ Wasabi, Fortnite Productions. Peace. This is not 
better than anything else And it's not worse than anything else This is the sound of a city This is the sound of culture But most of all, this is what you want it to be Aman, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? If you, uh, you born in Victoria, you, what do you do with yourself? Um, I, was, I was actually born in the Adelaide Hills ah. And um, so I'm from the hilltops they almost had me in. No shit, were you in their rap click back in the day? No. <laughs> no? I grew up, I, I, we left when I was three. Okay. Uh, and we moved to Melbourne. And I um, uh, started doing comedy when I was 15. Everything before that was a blur. Okay. And um, yeah, so eight years of stand-up. Is a, is a, it's all I know, so it's all I do. So we generally open up the, the podcast just sort of asking me, have you came to be here tonight um i um became there was a party here and um i knew uh buck and kaz and lulu and lulu also lives in this house so um yeah we we sat out all night singing songs it was quite lovely it was an awesome night it was um <laughs> it was beautiful <laughs> yeah it was fueled by many things and i met many new interesting people we, that's when we uh, found out about your show and I mean, it's, you're you're a rad motherfucker anyway. But when we found out that you were a stand-up comedian, it all made sense. And when we went and saw your show, it was it was great because it was us and seemingly eight other close family members of yours or some shit. But my sister's uh, high school friends. Yeah. Okay. That's what that it felt like. That was the group yeah. that came. Yeah, it was awesome. A big group and of us and you guys. Yeah, I was piercing my pants laughing <laughs> the whole way through. I mean, I may have been, you know, baking that day, but yeah, it was uh, an enjoyable experience and also fun to watch somebody squirm like you squirmed with style but being put in a, the most awkwardest of situations and and then having someone go okay go and you're <laughs> on stage now go and you just you're holding the mic and dude i've been there about fifty thousand times so it was good it was fun watching someone do it and like somehow do it right like every time i've been up there i've just kind of shat myself and vomited yeah. into a microphone it's, but you did well it's fun to squirm with confidence i guess i think that's what stand-up is <laughs> essentially squirming with confidence kind of worm with bravado. Yeah. yeah okay. But yet you're here tonight to uh, talk about religion and Re the history of, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm Lebanese, so I know a lot about the Muslim religion and Christian religion. I went to a Catholic school for 13 years. Uh, it clearly works. Um, you yeah. look very Catholic tonight. Very actually. Catholic. Yeah, I got the guilt and everything. <laughs> um... But yeah, I know a lot about religion because I studied it for most of my life. Is this through school or through yeah. your own efforts? Through school and then uh, I, I like to expect, like research what someone tells me. So I, when a priest was talking to me, I kind of went to the internet. You're and questioning authority? Yeah, all oh the way. Oh, really? All the way. All the way. I, I hope you're not encouraging our, our listeners to, to question authority and seek answers for themselves. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, with that, if you don't question... Yeah, you. The only time you can't question is when utopia is reached. Until then, great question. But yet, how many people do that? Pardon? How many people do that? How though? many people question? Yeah. Um, I think everyone questions, but some people are lazier than others. All right. So, you started questioning in Catholic school, the, the status yeah. quo there. Well, when I was fifteen, um, my um, my now brother-in-law gave me a um, a CD of Bill Hicks. And we had just got MP3 players, so during religion, I was sitting listening to Bill Hicks. 
um, and that was, and when there was a question time at school. And the teacher's like, all right, anyone have got any questions? And I just listened to Bill Hicks, so I put my hand up. And I went, um, do you reckon if Jesus comes back, he ever would like to see a cross on all our necks again? I mean, isn't that us celebrating his suffering? And it's a quote from one of Bill Hicks's jokes. And the teacher looked at me and he couldn't answer the question, so he kicked me out of the room. It was How old were you? I was 15. In my first year at high school, I think I spent more time standing outside <laughs> than inside in a lot of classrooms because I asked questions, asked a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah I, um, I got kicked out mostly for laughing. <laughs> I didn't ask questions, I just found everything ridiculous. You can't laugh at the Lord. It's Pardon? You can't laugh at the Lord. Oh, it's dude, church cool. and laughing is the worst combination ever. Yeah, no joy. No joy in the church. You, oh, <laughs> it's prohibited. I couldn't. I almost started pissing. Because you read the thing and it's fucking ridiculous. Like, they give you the booklet. And I was just reading it before the singing and the percussion happened of the mass. And I would actually find things funny. And even the hymns, there's just this droning, sad... There's just... There's nothing exciting or... Yeah. Uplifting in a hymn, is it? I yeah, but also the, the content of giving yourself over to something that you don't know exists. Well, like surrendering. Yeah, you know. You don't see anything wrong with eating the flesh and drinking the blood of, of some being, being taught to your kids at a very young age. Well, you know, if, each to their own. I mean, if that body wanted to be eaten, who might have question? So you were saying something about high school? What? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just saying that I had a similar experience, but uh, in parallel, because... I didn't have a problem. Like we only had one class for religion and that was a joke. The dude just told stories about football and such. Um, but yeah, in science we had similar problems because we asked questions and we found stuff hilarious. And uh, science is similar in that way in that you, you can question it, but not, you know, there are some ways which you're absolutely not allowed to question it. And uh, there are heaps of uh, questions that a high school science teacher doesn't know about science, but they're not allowed to say, I don't know stuff about science. So my favorite one was because like we study traditions and such. So uh, in traditional societies, there were these different elements. There's stone and, and wood and fire and air and ether and such. Uh, but in modern science, there's like plasma and, and you know, like solid gas and liquid. Uh, so we, would, we asked him what fire was because in ancient times it was one of the elements, but it didn't seem to fit into any of these categories of the elements as they were explained to us. Yeah. And now our teacher couldn't tell us what fire was. I'm like, so it doesn't exist in, 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 in terms of, you know, like what, it's definitely not a gas, it's not a liquid, like what, what is it? Yeah. And he, yeah, he kicked us out, and we, like, which was cool. And then we got to go outside and smoke cigarettes and such. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, it's interesting. Um, the parallels. So, so like there's, there's authority, there's religion and there's authority. And uh, sometimes the, the, the stain that goes through religion is not really the stain of religion, it's the stain of power or the stain of authority. Well, or the creation of a religion is always a sustain of power of people. It's, it's never been anything different. But what about the Buddha? Like, would yeah, but there's still a set of rules like that are within, like, a set of, you cannot do these things. Anything, any religion that dictates what is right or wrong. Well, see... I have, a, I have a theory about religions in that most of them would start as a droplet of truth that, you know, lands in the pond of, of the world and has a ripple effect out. And so after the first generation, if you have like a Jesus or a Buddha, right, say, let's go right with the story. They're doing miracles. They achieve some awesome state of enlightenment where, you know, they've meditated a bunch of times and their disciples get a direct 
like transmission of the truth. So they're getting the experience. They're taking the mushrooms. Like Jesus, apparently, uh, Christianity or Catholicism might just be a psilocybin cult. Like apparently, yeah, a mushroom cult. Even the um, the hats that the uh, the Jewish high priests wore um, have quite a, a resemblance to the psilocybin yeah. mushroom. So there you go. So like it starts out, they're all tripping balls. Essentially, I'm pretty sure most religions started with a bunch of people tripping balls, and they were having a great time, and they were like creating a really beautiful society. And then after a couple of generations, like that initial figure, that that leader, that person who had the truth, who actually had a direct connection to it, um, the one that had the good juice. Yeah, he, he, they might be dead. And most of the time, only people who have a direct connection to the truth can really suss out if someone's got a direct connection to the truth. It's usually you know, it's really easy to fake it, uh, but it's it's not so easy to know if it's it's real or not. So uh, after a few generations, they just become this kind of rule set based on these systems that happened before them, yada yada yada. And eventually, they become the religions that we know today. They they have they have no connection to the original sacrament. Like you're talking before about eating the flesh. Like the original religious cults and pagan shit would have been eating actual mushrooms and tripping balls, whereas now they eat. A bit of bread or some shit. What do they eat in the churches? Yeah, wafer. I think it's a metaphor for the like the inherent nature of divinity in all things. So like when you eat something, you're eating the flesh of God. Like there's no other flesh in the universe. Sure, but like surely that sacrament has evolved over time in terms of like the Bible itself has been rewritten a bunch of times. So the reason why they're having the sacrament right now is probably very different to the reason why the sacrament was there in the first But wouldn't place. that be a case-by-case case thing rather than a cultural thing? Ooh, yeah, but I'm just saying most of the cases were filled with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the wine is a little bit suspect. It's not like yeah. you have this have this nectar of healing or something. It's yeah. like... But have yeah, a little bit of booze. Wine <laughs> is good for, Jesus liked a little, you. little sip of booze, you know? I mean, yeah. if his blood was that alcoholic that he could serve it as a drink, <laughs> That's it. then he must have liked... He must have liked his wine. <laughs> Jesus was a drunkard. I think it's been... That's scientifically <laughs> I mean, proven I right there. I scientific twist on it. I like it. I like it. But, you know, as Bill Hicks says, I deal lonely in facts. That's why I'm a cocky fucking bastard. <laughs> and I, I'm an atheist, and I love religion. I really do. And I don't love religion in a snarky, mean-spirited way. I, I unabashedly, sincerely love that we have religion. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't be here right now being all postmodern and ironic. There'd be no civilization. If no one invented religion, we'd be fucked right now. Because at the dawn of man, civilization was the biggest and the strongest. And that's as far as we were going to go. It was whoever was the biggest, fucked, killed, ate anything they wanted. That was it. Civilization was a huge psychopath with a club going, I'm going to have rape for dinner. That was it. (laughs) That's as far as we were going to go. And then... One of my ancestors, some weakling, said, look, there's no way I can beat that guy. But what if I trick him into thinking that if he doesn't kill and rape people while he's down here, when he dies, there's a magic city in the clouds, and he can go up and have all the cake he wants. Now, that's not a very well-formed plan, but he went and told the big psycho, and the psycho heard that and said, yeah, I like cake. Boom! There you go. That was the beginning of civilization. Now we can work on fire and writing and agriculture. That's religion. It's the old sky cake dodge. It worked. But, and by the way, things were great for a while. 
But then what was happening was that shit was going on all over the planet. They would just use different desserts. They would tell them about sky cookies or sky pie or sky baklava. So as each of these civilizations grew, they'd build ships, they'd go visit each other, and the one guy would walk off the boat and go, hey, did you hear the good news about the sky baklava? And the first guy went, it's cake, motherfucker, you're dead! And then, oh my God, there were the dessert wars. It was a nightmare. They were just killing people. It got so bad that every now and then, some dude would show up and go, hey, I got good news. There's cake and pie and cookies for everyone. We can all share. And people said, nail him to a fucking cross. It is only cake. Oh, my God. The only way sky cake tastes good is if up in the sky, the sky cookie and sky pie people can't have the sky pie. That's the only way sky cake tastes good. I did not spend my life not raping and killing people to not go up in the sky and have cake. Sky cake! So the next time you see some douchebags in front of an abortion clinic or trying to ban a Harry Potter novel, just say, oh, sky cake. Why are you so delicious? <laughs> and of course, that's Patton Oswald. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Let's go back to Iman. I deal only in facts. That's why I'm a cocky fucking bastard. Stay on, the, stay on the factual side of life. Would you consider yourself a materialistic kind of person? Like, in terms of what you believe and don't believe, do you kind of need to see it, feel it, taste it, touch it? Or do you believe in other people's hearsay, like, to dictate your beliefs? Um, there's, you can only believe hearsay to an extent, you know. You can always, there's always, any, with any time, you, there's always a question. I mean... Are we dodging around the term faith here with... Is this... I mean, no, no, just, just want to know about his. About my. Well, just whether or not. What, what to you is a fact? You know, what, what, what qualifies it as a fact in your mind? Do you, and does the hearsay of scientists have more sway than the hearsay of, you know, Jerry down the road? Well, I mean, the, to say science and hearsay, it's, it's different because they're actually dedicated. They're the only people actually trying to get an explanation. They never say they have the answer. They say we have the best explanation. In theory, but in practice, I think that's often uh, not the case. And scientists are often saying that we have the facts. And like, so the, in the theory of science, of course, you can't prove something. You can only um, strongly support it or disprove it. Uh, but in actual fact, sorry, sorry I got the level on. Um, yeah, but in actual fact, that we're told facts all the time by science, which uh, become incorrect. Um, you know, it's provisional knowledge. Yeah, but yeah, but that's the the science never ever will never ever say this is an actual fact. They say this is very highly probable. That's there's a big difference there. They ne they never say we have the answer because the act of science is constantly questioning. Yeah, I understand, and and that's the difference between science and religion because religion is. Yeah, but but that's also the difference between say hard science and medical science. Uh, and there are, there are many offshoots of science which are um, a as corrupt and strangely like. So, um, so m my basic position is that science is a kind of religion. And in a lot of ways it functions as a religion. 
And if you look at people who believe in science, you'll find as much hypocrisy and as much double dealing and as much selfishness and all of the vices of humanity and all of the corruptions through humanity. Yeah, but science never, science never ever will tell you how to live. That's, um, there's not, science I, I, does not have rules. Okay, but I guess this is the fun part when I, when I hear the word science is that most people in the room have a different idea of what the word science means. And it seems to have a vague generalization over a bunch of people. Like the science is, seems to be like the minds of a bunch of people that have been written down and have a bunch of rules that, you know, the standardized blind test or the, whatever it is. Like science has these principles and it has a bunch of people who are currently representing it. But I think the everyone, when you guys are talking right now, I feel like the, you use the word science and you're both using it in different connotations. because yeah, for me, science is, science is everything. Science is the science of how this microphone works to, uh, you know, the science of philosophy, of thinking out why. So could your concept of science be synonymous with technology then, or development? Well, science is the root of it. Development is driven by capitalist gains. But the science is just the idea. It's the, the, the fact that if you do this and that, like if you put a, mother, like a motherboard and connect stuff to it, you have a computer. You know, that's... It's the information? Pardon? It's the information. Yeah, like science exactly. is the it's the, the information, the raw data itself. Yeah, it's not. It's anything on top of that is people put something on it. It's but interpretation. Or yeah, science will never tell you like religion does how to behave. It does not dictate. Religion has more of a an inbuilt. Uh, Could you anti- use the laws or the understandings of science to? encourage you towards certain kinds of behavior like if you found out that scientifically eating vegetables is better than eating junk food and then you ate the vegetables is that science kind of telling you how to behave yeah, when you go to your doctor doesn't your doctor tell you what to do and how to live no no but you don't have to do it yeah of course it's the same with religion though yeah but religion no but religion has an inbuilt uh um what's the word conditioning to it that science does not there's a conditioning of behavior straight away but i think i think you'll find those same conditioning behaviors in the education that takes place in science like in the practical in the world you will find the same things occurring through all of the branches of science like a religion yeah no but science is not just a a one thing well that's what i would say religion is again just not one thing and of course, there's a of difference between the is. corruption of man. And w- so perhaps um, my idea of science is closer to your idea of religion and vice versa. Because for me, religion is believe this or we don't want to talk to you. That's, that's what it is. See, to me, religion is um, tr- like questions like why and, and how, yeah, what is the nature of this universe? That's you can ask religion. why. Oh, I thought that's the op- religion preaches the opposite of that. They tell you not to question. Yeah. Not to seek your own answers. I think, yeah. again, it depends on yeah. which religion yeah, you're like speaking about. So like we're talking yeah, about conservatism point. in religions. Religion oh, is not belief. I like There's a difference. Religion is an organisation around a belief. But a belief is, you can do whatever you want with it, but a religion organises it and, and uses it to condition the kids so they have a religion within these people. Yeah, maybe. Like, so there's this famous Chinese monk and uh, so his enlightenment story is that um, him and some of his other brother monks snuck away to a brothel 
and uh, uh, while he was while he was fucking some prostitute, uh, he had an enlightenment experience. And uh, so they're sneaking back to the monastery because they're not supposed to be out at all. And uh, when he gets back, his teacher is waiting for them all. And uh, straight away he sees that his student has, has changed somehow. And so he asked him what he did. And so the guy says, well, we went to a brothel and we fucked these women and then we came back. And uh, so then his teacher said that he, he could see the fact of his enlightenment. And his enlightenment name was Chinese for fuck. And like that, th this is a famous story and, it, and it's handed down, uh, it's been handed down orally and in writing for hundreds of years. And uh, Facts have been handed down orally, yes, you are, you are <laughs> correct, sir. <laughs> and, oh and but, uh, but so this is, this is like a, a, one of the branches of the mainstream of a religion. Like it, it's, not, it's not a conservatism, it's a, it, it can be a set of tools which you can use to explore your own nature and the nature of the world in the same way science is. But often it's used to drill oil and to fuck with shit. No, but that's, that's like, no, that's like blaming Muhammad for everything that Islam has happened. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what, and you can't, because it's people that did that. Yeah. Muhammad just said some shit. Yeah, and it's the same, it's the same with science. cheesed off of the Jesus. I got Jew hating stuff to follow it. So, I mean, you are a shithead, but I can make you feel like you're not the only shithead. Like a big blistering chunk of Jew hating coming right your way right now. I didn't. I, I wrote this uh, bunch of Jew hating stuff. I didn't intend to. I was over in Scotland. For, Every year in August in Edinburgh, Scotland, they have the Fringe Festival. It's the biggest arts festival in the world. It's a whole month long, and I'm there in August, and uh, some jackass writer for the uh, London Times, he's, trying to, he's writing a story about anti-Semitism at the Fringe, and they had found a review of mine from earlier in the festival, this anti-Semitic guy, and, he, and where I had been quoted out of context like, oh, just a string of blurbs. He says shocking things like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things I had said that he quoted was, I hate the Jews. <laughs> Which sounds anti-Semitic. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I get thrown into his little piece of literature. And I had said it. I had said it, yeah, without question. But I had said it like in a happy, fun-loving, Jew-hating way. There's no animosity. It wasn't even a bit of mine. It was just some aside when I was rambling about fucking Mel Gibson was in the news at that time, and I'm rambling about him being called anti-Semitic, going, why is he getting so much press? He's an actor. Who gives a fuck what he thinks? I need press. I hate the Jews. Give me press. <laughs> and ironically, <laughs> bam, 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 banging on the door. It's a fucking funny story. If you know me, if you guys have known me for a while, I've been doing this 17 years, and I... I could fill three CDs worth of just the Christian bashing alone I've done over my career. I've done Mormon bashing and Muslim bashing. I'll do, I'll do more Scientology bashing once I have a stronger legal team, but... <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't until this phone call that I realized I've never done any Jew bashing in my whole career. All the religion bashing I've done, I never fuck with the Jews. I'm like, what? How did they ever escape? <laughs> the, 
And they do. They, you know, in religion bashing, Jews never get fucked with because, A, they don't have the aggressive recruiting policies that other religions do. They don't have billboards every 30 feet. Be a Jew or burn in hell. Jew God is watching you. They're not banging on your fucking door with pamphlets. We want to talk to you about Judaism. So they don't get shit for that. They don't get shit because they have that Holocaust sympathy they can surf on for another 15 years till the last survivor dies or till History Channel goes out of business. But and, and the Jews, to their credit, they don't have the history of atrocities that other religions have. They don't, because they fucking lost all the time. Sorry. Like, but they don't, yeah, they, they're not like, you know, the Muslims and Catholics. I've heard so many comics doing bits about this new pope. Oh, isn't it scary this new pope used to be a Nazi? And you go, not when you look at that track record side by side. The Nazis versus the Catholic Church. The Nazis only lasted a dozen years and they got their ass handed to them in a high hat. <laughs> Catholic Church has, been, has a far more prosperous and prestigious record of murder and torture and tyranny and oppression and nonsense, not to mention the kid fucking, and they're still around and more popular than ever. I'd be far more afraid to hear someone go, you know that new Nazi? He used to be a pope. No shit? I'm fucking out of here. That guy's dangerous. <laughs> so fuck the Jews. That's what I'm saying. I guess fuck the Jews. I'm sorry. I never said it over the course of my career, but fuck the Jews. Just for being a religion at all, you're as complicit as the rest in the retardation of human intellectual progress. Fuck you two. Fuck you. My brother's a Jew. My brother's a Jew and I fucking fuck him too. I hate his guts for it. Not like I'm like hate hate level, but fuck what do you th you think? He converted because the only humorless cunt in his life that would ever fuck him twice, he had to cave in and marry her. Cause he's afraid to die alone, but he, but he doesn't mind settling for less, and now they're together in, in a passionless swamp of a relationship. And, and they teach their kids that shit. They, they, see, the parents wouldn't have him if he wasn't converted to Judaism, because they're racist. And there's another reason to fuck the Jews. I don't like racists. Fuck you too, Jew. You're not good enough if you're not a Jew. Fuck you. I'll tell you one story that I tell in my show because I think it's, it's kind of relevant. Um, I had a um, double English class. You've, already, you've all heard this story. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I hang out with my dad and he tells, he's got like maybe 60 stories. Yeah. And I've hung out with him for 30 years. I think I've heard each story like 100 times. Yeah. I'm sure I was high when you last told me, so I've forgotten everything. Please enlighten me. Uh, um, so I was sitting in... Um, in the classroom, I started doing comedy when I was 15. This was when I was 17. And when I did comedy, I kind of got kind of drunk because everyone thought I was old. And, I, you know, so I started drinking a lot. And um, 
<laughs> not a lot, but you know, enough to get a hangover for school. And I was sitting in double English, and we had a really religious English teacher as a substitute teacher. And uh, he started talking to us about Adam and Eve and saying that because of original sin, uh, we're all born sinners and uh, disability is caused by the parents being extra sinners and the original sin is more prevalent. And uh, that's what he's actually said in, in <laughs> class. I was in the back <laughs> asleep, so he didn't see me. Um, and uh, I, I woke up. Because <laughs> I kind of I just heard I'm like I was asleep. You're wrong, that's right. I just went. And I was listening, and I went, "What?" <laughs> it clicked, and I and I was a bit hungover, so I said, "Are you?" Are you? <laughs> I stood on my chair. I said, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, if you know, if you know, you you are a product of sin. Your parents are extra sinners. You are a product of sin." Uh, not, I, d I knew this later, but his wife has MS and he believes that upon her also. Um, very fucking weird. But uh, I digress. Um, so he said that and I stood on my chair and I was like, are you saying that beyond all the scientific research of my condition, that the only reason why I'm short is because some bitch ate a plum? Like, are, are you serious? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like he's, he's, instead of everything that they know about what's, what's happening is quashed by, no, 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 um, long, long time ago, uh, someone ate a piece of fruit, fruit from knowledge. Uh, you shouldn't do that. Um, that's what they teach you at school. But, but by my reckoning, this is just a misapplication of an idea. Mm. Like, so for similarly, uh, I got told that I'm less evolved than everyone else in the class because I have dark skin. And it and happened to be that everyone else in the class and the teacher had white skin. That, but that's actually incorrect. Yeah, it, but, but it's based on a retarded understanding of this theory of evolution. In, in the same way what was told to you was a retarded understanding of an idea of the, the nature of original sin. Ah, uh, oh, but come on, the nature of original sin is, is not... It's... I mean... No, come on. The idea that there's one answer to how we're here is... I'm sorry. You can't... It's known that that's not the case. It's a story. And people believe it to be absolutely true. And they are running for government. Yeah, and but this is, this is the beautiful part. Okay, yeah. Those, <laughs> people, those people are retarded. But the stories themselves most likely have merit. Okay, so every story in the Bible that you can find. Yeah. If you were to speak to but Alan Watts... I wouldn't Watts, build a religion around Cinderella either. No, you well, could though. It would be you could, but religion. It, it, but, <laughs> no, no, but what I'm saying is you don't need to build the religion. We've already got the religions built for us, okay? They've got all these stories in them, but most me... I'm not sure about yourself, but when I was raised, I did have... I had no respect for religion. And all of its stories, I thought, were just retarded things that were used to control people. But then I listened to a lot of Alan Watts. And if you ever get a chance to, Alan Watts is beautiful because he is able to articulate what these parables and fables and things mean. And they're beautiful tales. They're, I mean, if you look at any of the good films that you like, they're brutal or they're, they're dark or they're, you know, they're yeah, fucked up. Absolutely. And that's because that's how you tell amazing stories. So when I hear people criticize the Bible because it has, you know, violent morality tales and stuff like that, I think maybe that's just a misinterpretation. Like that guy was saying about the original sin. It's like he's completely missed it. But also most of society are still misinterpreting most of the stories of the Bible because they don't appreciate them. If they if they understood them, they'd probably go, yeah, I know, like, Catholicism's retarded, but that story about Abel is fucking dope. Like, Yeah. Yeah, but, like, but once again, like, that I'm not questioning 
the existence of the stories and the beauty of them. That's 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 not what I'm. All I'm trying to get at is religion is great. You can use it. You keep it in the home. <laughs> you don't tell. You don't have the right to say I'm right because no one knows. Atheists also don't know. It's only a question. There's no one that actually knows. And I I say leaders of religion. Leaders of religion, like the Pope, I guarantee you he does not believe in God. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Perhaps God to him is a small child. Fortune. Yeah, well. <laughs> no, the other one was a small child. This guy's different. Um, the current Pope? The current Pope. He's, uh, you know. I, I don't know who, it, who what, what nationality is he? He's a South American. So, ah, there yeah. you go. Pacha Mama in the house. Yeah, so... You know. Have you um have you heard much about the story between the break of Catholicism in South America compared to like its European counterpart? Um, uh, well, I was in uh, Bolivia and Peru recently, and I would see all these churches, and they're all beautiful, beautiful. I say disgusting, like really reprehensible buildings, because you'd walk into these Catholic churches, and it's just death. Like you walk around again. I was just saying, just at its defense before, but it's just I- images and pictures of the most fucked up shit. Like it's really brutal. And then there's like Mary, and then there's like love and Jesus. Like it's smashed in together, and it's scary as fuck. It's got that gothic design. So I'd see it, and I'm like, but these people, the indigenous culture, got raped by the fucking conquistadors. Like, how could they possibly go to these churches? And, you know, you might think the same about here, but after about a month or two, I met this tour guide. And I was like, what's the deal? Aren't they kind of, like, uh, you know, insulted by it all? And he said, well, they were really intelligent when when it all went down. And they realized they had to go to church and they had to pray to these, these idols and things. So they just replaced all of their original gods and worship idols with the Catholic ones. So in Southern American Catholicism, the Virgin Mary is like higher than Jesus. Like her, what was her name? The Mother Mary, Mary, anyway. Um, but essentially they took Pachamama, their classic Mother Earth thing, and just applied it to the Virgin Mary. And so all the patron saints, are, um, just these random little gods that they used to have, um, and each town has a different patron saint and that kind of thing. So South American Catholicism is kind of like half crazy show and pagany, whatever you want to call that shit. Well, so is actual Catholicism. I mean, I that's so, not yeah. the... Uh, yeah. Wow, really? Pagan and Catholicism? I mean, it's... We celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus with a bunny and an egg. There's no connection between the two. Um, the fertility and uh, sex, th- that's what the symbols are. Um... The items we eat is chocolate, which is said to be better than sex. I mean, it's all... <laughs> I'm just saying some shit right now. But, I mean, <laughs> if you look at it... Well, it, right, uh, Easter. Easter is a goddess of yeah, fertility or g- harvest or I don't know. Ostare. What is it? What is she? Ostare. Uh, what's her deal? You, fertility. You, fertility. And um, harvest. So, yeah. So, um, you know... It's 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 there. Pagan and Catholicism is there. But oh, sorry, just can, I just got to finish this point because the new Pope is South American. Yeah. And the awesome thing this guy told me was when you become a priest, because he was trained to become a priest uh, there, is they 
give you this one document and it was written by a uh, Catholic priest in South America for the Vatican or whatever. And it was basically like this diatribe. It was like a, it was just a full critique of everything that was fucking wrong with the Vatican and the Catholic Church. And the Vatican and that don't recognize this document. It's like as if it never existed. Yeah, but in South America, it totally exists. And it's like, it's just like there's this giant, you know, that classic religious blind eye that this section over here, it doesn't exist because I, I, I can't fit it in right now. So it doesn't exist. But the new Pope is South America. And that's, I think that's really Yeah, and it won't, it won't exist because that will prove, just like anything else, that Control. you can change the heads of any organization. But the roots are already there and they're still doing the same shit. Tony Abbott or Julie Gillard, whoever we vote for, nothing's really going to change. We're just going to have either a moron or a puppet. That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm voting, I was thinking of voting for the sex party this year because I would normally I just vote Greens because I don't give a fuck. Um, but, a, but, like, mm. um, but this time I think the sex party might get my vote because they're affiliated a bit more with like the pirate party and that kind of shit, which is probably the most forward thinking. Have you heard of the WikiLeaks party? Sorry? The WikiLeaks party. The w- no. My, um, yeah. There's a party, the WikiLeaks party have put forward some members of parliament. Wait, in Australia or around Australia. the world or? In Australia. Ah, yeah, crazy. Um, they got 22% of the vote in Queensland as an idea, as one of those polls. No shit. Well, um, but um, they're not actually registered on the Australian Electoral Commission website as a party. So mm. there was two news things that came out. So I don't know. Do they have to receive a certain amount of votes or some shit before they'll actually recognise them? Isn't that the kind of... Or no, they just apply and then they um, should get a bit Well, of yeah, vote. I mean, by the polls, they have the votes. Yeah. So I don't know. They haven't really gone with yeah, it yet. But the party already exists. Um, my brother-in-law's dad is is um he signed up to the party as a WikiLeaks party member yeah he was seven, awesome. he's 71 years old I was talking to him for 40 minutes the other night he wouldn't shut up um <laughs> he's lovely though and um he was saying you know he was really upset that the WikiLeaks party may not be real because he was really excited about it and he goes yeah man I'm 71 years old I'm you know I'm, I drink a little bit too much I'm not very fit but uh <laughs> I don't know why, but I still give a fuck. It's like, I shouldn't give a fuck, but I still do. And that was, you know, like, he's actually correct, because nothing is actually going to change, but he still gives a, a fuck. But, I mean, shit does change, hey, because, I mean, if you look 50 years ago, like, in terms of rights, you know, you know for women and for black people and for this and for yeah, that, it's yeah. like, things have changed significantly. I don't think anyone wishes they were born in the 50s who lives now. No. I don't know. I mean, some people do. Some hipsters might. They yeah. Want to be but when you think about it, from but the system itself hasn't changed. Like, gay people still, still can't get married in this country, and that, how long will that last? Yeah, but it, we're just making little steps. We're not changing the system. Well, both our parties, both our major parties, are against the idea, so the debate is not even on the table. Yeah, but that's, weed wasn't on the, the table problem. in America four years ago, and now it's legal. Like, yeah, but it's. It, things, things. I think people have an illusion of stasis within our government and our, our society, which is is just untrue. Like, it, things are changing all the time. And the internet, for example, like everyone talks about the 
you know, speeding up a technology and yada, yada, yada. But essentially, the internet's just been the jump. It's like, it doesn't need to keep speeding up. Like, it already jumped about 70 feet and yeah. the internet's changed everything. We still so don't, and we, we still do not know what to do with it. I mean, there's a lot going on that we, we haven't really accomplished with the internet. We just started. And that's why I think we need a, a change in the system because right now our government is behind every... Our government is being dragged along by... by progress and uh, advancement in technology, whereas uh, in some other countries are a bit more forward-thinking and proactive and their government is actually harnessing and, and, and de- leading technology rather than being dragged along by uh, kicking and screaming uh, by them. Yeah, and, and that's where I think sometimes the science of philosophy is not uh, strong enough to, to actually question the other sciences. Yeah. And I think that's inherently the problem is no one's actually talking no, they're I just doing I think and there's right. laws in place for them to just continuously do and that in itself becomes a religion um, there's things that I don't want to come across in my show that I worry often come across about me because people don't realize that it's an act up here. I don't want you to ever think that I think I'm better than people or that I think I know better than people. Um, Anyway, sorry. Okay. Uh, This is a song from the perspective of God. The books you think I wrote are way too thick. A thousand metaphors to figure out you shouldn't be a dick. And I don't watch you when you sleep. Surprisingly, I don't use my omnipotence to be a fucking creep. You're not going to heaven. Why the fuck would you think I'd ever kick it with you? None of you are going to heaven. There's a trillion aliens cooler than you. You shouldn't abstain from rape just because you think that I want you to. You shouldn't rape because rape is a fucked up thing to do. Pretty obvious, just don't fucking rape people. Didn't think I had to write that one down for you. I don't think masturbation is obscene. It's absolutely natural and the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. You make my job a living hell. I send gays to fix overpopulation. Boy, did that go well. You're not going to heaven Eat a thousand crackers Sing a million hymns None of you are going to heaven You're not my children You're a bad game of sim You shouldn't abstain from pork Just cause you think that I want you to You can eat pork, because why the fuck would I give a shit? I created the universe, think I'm drawing the line at the fucking deli aisle?
You argue and you bicker and you fight. Atheists and Catholics, Jews and Hindus argue day and night over what they think is true. But no one entertains the thought that maybe God does not believe in you. You pray so badly for heaven, knowing any day might be the day that you die. But maybe life on earth could be heaven. Doesn't just the thought of it make it worth a try? My love's the type of thing that you have to earn, and when you earn it, you won't need it. Oh, my love's the type of thing that you have to earn, and when you earn it, you won't need it. I'm not gonna give you love just cause I know that you want me to. love then the love has got to come from you and that right there was Bo Burnham uh, if you haven't heard of him before check him out on YouTube he's got heaps of free stuff on there including a complete uh, comedy special so check it out back to the show well you know this is the thing that religion holds back certain progress like if it wasn't for religion, then the, the t taboo about gay people would not be as strong. Oh, but there's also a scientific taboo about gayness. Like, again, because people will take these ideas and they interpret them. But how, what's, a st what's a scientific taboo? Well, so people will take the idea of evolution and they suggest that people are gay because their DNA is, is less Darwinianly functional than other DNA. So it's like this... Yeah, they're not, they're, they're not having a desire to procreate, or they're not having a sexual desire for the, the other gender and therefore having procreation. Yeah, it's, I know, it's crazy. But that's incorrect. No, no, that's actually incorrect because I science also gives the opportunity for IVF and uh, anyone to be able to get pregnant. I mean, science does cover all its bases. I mean, it, do it doesn't just attack it from one end. It answers questions and people use it the way they choose. You know, science can... Is, could be the alternative to that other science theory of because they can't procreate and they're not attracted to the opposite sex, they can't raise children. That is incorrect. They can adopt, they can um, get IVF, and they'll still be able to put children into the world. But the idea is an evolutionary idea, and it's, I believe, a misapplication of an evolutionary idea made by people. Like, because of the way that people work. They like to step on other people's heads and shit. No, evolution is not about stepping on people's heads. The thing that makes humans so much uh, the top of the food chain, so to speak, is because of the fact that we question everything. Yeah, maybe. So, um, uh, I want to tell a little story. Uh, so, uh, I, I was in... Uh, I work in a clinic... And I, was in what, I work in a clinic okay. and I was in a clinic one time and a patient came rushing in and they were running late and and uh, so uh, he was apologizing profus profusely and he said the reason why he was late was because he went to an uh, ATM and the ATM swallowed his card and uh, so he had to do all this rigmarole to um, get money and to report his card and get it back and whatnot 
and uh, he was bemoaning the fact that he had by chance used the left ATM machine instead of the right one. And he was saying that if he had just used the right ATM machine, then he would have been on time and all this bullshit wouldn't have happened. And uh, I laugh because it sounded to me like something out of the book The Tipping Point. I don't know if you read The Tipping Point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about the way changes happen in the world, like big changes. Uh, but anyway, it, it talks about these small changes making big changes in a tipping point. And, uh, but I laughed and I said, well, of the two ATMs, which did you choose? It was the left one, right? And he's like, yeah, it was. And I'm like, well, we live in a Western culture. And like in painting, when people look in a painting, they tend to look in from the left. So in that we live in a Western culture and we read from left to right. Yeah. Probably 80% of people, when they go up to the machines, if, there's no, if no machine is being used, they will just use the left one. So you use a machine that's being used more, yeah. uh, therefore it's more likely to have been broken. So yeah, but it's not by chance that you chose the left one. Yeah. Then we started this, this um, whole conversation about left and right versus up and down. And they did this study wh- in the university where uh, they played propaganda for raising student union fees. And in the control group, they just held their head steady. And in one group, they had them sh- uh, nod their head and listen to the information. And the third group, they had shake their head and listen to the information. And they found that the people who had their heads steady, they pretty much, the majority of them disagreed with raising the student union fees. The people who shook their heads strongly disagreed and they thought that student union fees should be lowered. But the people who nodded their heads, like some crazy amount of them agreed that they should raise student union fees even though they are students and it would cost them money, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, so they found this this physiological thing that happens when you when you nod your head or when you shake your head and they use this in advertising all the time they they make things move vertically because it makes you more likely to agree with the message that they're selling blah blah, blah. this stuff is um sinister yeah um, but to me it's the difference between western culture and eastern culture like we read from left to right so our tendency is to question things and to say no and our science is by can we say can we can we say no to it and if we can't say no then it's probably good uh, whereas in the East, they read up and down. And so their way is if, when they get information, they try and agree with it and say, what happens lot, if we agree with people, it? A lot more people read from right to left. Yeah, but this is still like a, in this way, of th- in the schematic way of thinking, that's still a way of questioning as opposed to agreeing, which would be up and down. Because uh, yeah, it's just based on the head movement. So as long as your head is going left or right, it doesn't matter. You're saying no. You're still and questioning, as long as you're questioning attitude. Reading your script up and down, you're agreeing with agreeing it. Attitude. That's a trip. <laughs> we use it all the time in, in marketing. Wow. Um, okay, wait. So you're saying that if I want works. people to come to my gig, I need to do up down script. That would be better. Like pot, that'll yeah, give me a that would give you an advantage. Awesome. Or if you have things that move their eyes up and down. Move their eye. Oh, you want their head to actually move back and forth. Yeah, but even the eye would by itself will do it. But the bigger the motion, the, see, the more the That's effect. cool. So are you saying Corruption. the reason I didn't get many people to come to my show is because my show is from left to right? Oh, flyer. yeah. So Oman's flyer to, is... To a is degree. But I'm, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things that if you looked at it from the point of view of marketing psychology, they would tell you that you made probably eight or nine massive mistakes. And if you want to, but this is like, so in the same way that re- religion can be used to coerce people and to brainwash them, science can do it too. But science tends to be really good at it because um, they will, they will, they will <laughs> study the mechanics of it. They will study the mechanics of it and for reproducibility. And then, so when something works, they do it en masse and they fuck with people. Yeah, but that's it. The en masse without questioning. That's the problem that we have in society. Yeah. For sure. And, and the ways, the application of science is one of the, the biggest mechanisms for it. It's corruption. Yeah, but the, the corruption within religion has done, and you can't 
corruption, the corruption within religion that has fueled uh, the creation of weapons. Yeah, but science is in charge of the actual creation of weapons. No, but science is not in charge. Science applied science, in the same way applied religion is in charge of fucking up a whole bunch of things. Yeah, Jesus never, Jesus never bashed a gay person yeah, in his life. Yeah, the Buddha was cool. Einstein was cool, but they made a fucking What's the difference bomb. between science and God? Uh, what's the difference between meaning and language? The difference between meaning and language? Well, language is a study, meaning is a study of language. Is it? But you can have meaning outside of language. You can have visual meaning. You can have the m meaning of music. You can have mathematical meaning. But that's mathematical language, musical language. It's still, you can still make it a language. Like, just because it's not words. There's body language. There's all sorts of language. Language is uh, an impartial of information. Mm, well, so and you always put the meaning on top of the language. So the reason why I asked is because I think there's an overlap between the two, but it sits across uh, two dimensions. So there's an overlap, but then the differences in them sit in different directions than each other. So like your two concepts, there's an overlap, but then the way that they distribute outside One of One comes overlap. after the other. How do you mean? Language comes first to you. Does it? And Before then the meaning, meaning is after. You can't you can't uh, appreciate the meaning of what has been said till you have the m what's been said and then reflect on it. Maybe, but also there's also language the other way around. Like you you have you know what a ball is before you have the word for ball, and you can construct. That's no, that's that's knowledge, my friend. There's a difference. Yeah, but the meaning of the word ball you know before you know the word ball. Like that's why there's a difference between meaning and language. Because you, you can know the meaning of a. I know the meaning of every word in. German, but I don't know any of the words. Um, maybe I know 300 of the words. Yeah, but I speak the language. Uh, you, and so, I'm sorry, I speak Arabic. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is, like, we can keep talking for a bit, but we've just finished rolling this nice little dubai. I reckon we should have a little smoke break and then come back in. Stay tuned. I gotta tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, Big-time, major-league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of 10 things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these 10 things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing and all wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. 
Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. <laughs> and just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship. Something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. <laughs> the first thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun, okay? <laughs> yeah. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I can see something, I don't know, kind of helps the credibility along, you know? <laughs> so every day I can see the sun as it gives me everything I need. Heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflections on the lake, and occasional skin cancer, but hey, <laughs> at least there are no crucifixions, and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery, no miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we all gather once a week to compare clothing. <laughs> and the best thing, the best thing about the sun, it never tells me I'm unworthy. It doesn't tell me I'm a bad person who needs to be saved, hadn't said an unkind word, treats me fine. So, I worship the sun, but I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. 
I've often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking you know, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. <laughs> it's not nice, and it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your, your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot, huh? Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> and here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine, but if it's God's will and he's gonna do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? <laughs> Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Two reasons. First of all, I think he's a good actor, okay? To me, that counts. Second, he looks like a guy who can get things done. <laughs> Joe Pesci doesn't fuck around. Doesn't fuck around. In fact, in fact, Joe Pesci came through on a couple of things that God was having trouble with. For years, I asked God to do something about my noisy neighbor with the barking dog. Joe Pesci straightened that cocksucker out with one visit. It's amazing what you can accomplish with a simple baseball bat. So I've been praying to Joe for about a year now. And I noticed something. I noticed that all the prayers I used to offer to God and all the prayers I now offer to Joe Pesci are being answered at about the same 50% rate. Half the time I get what I want, half the time I don't. Same as God, 50-50. Same as the four-leaf clover in the horseshoe, the wishing well in the rabbit's foot. Same as the mojo man. Same as the voodoo lady who tells you your fortune by squeezing the goat's testicles. It's all the same, 50-50. So just pick your superstition, sit back, make a wish, and enjoy yourself. And for those of you who look to the Bible for moral uh, lessons and literary qualities, I might suggest a couple of other stories for you. Uh, you might want to look at the Three Little Pigs. That's a good one. Has a nice, happy ending. I'm sure you'll like that. Then there's Little Red Riding Hood, although it does have that X-rated part where the big bad wolf actually eats the grandmother, which I didn't care for, by the way. And finally, I've often always drawn a great deal of moral comfort from Humpty Dumpty. The part I like the best, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's because there is no Humpty Dumpty and there is no God. None, not one, no God, never was. In fact, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to put it this way. If there is a God, if there is a God, may he strike this audience dead. <laughs> See, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Everybody's okay. All right? Tell you what. Tell you what. I'll raise the stakes. I'll raise the stakes a little bit. If there is a God, may he strike me dead. See? Nothing happened. Oh, wait. Got a little cramp in my leg. And my balls hurt. Plus, I'm blind. I'm blind. Oh, now I'm okay again. Must have been Joe Pesci, huh? God bless Joe Pesci. Thank you all very much. Joe bless you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, uh, okay, now, money in religion is an interesting one because, like, Scientology is probably the best example of a, a straight-up cell. They're over it, very over Yeah, it's like it. every part of it is like, yeah, the you want to get close to God or the alien or whatever the fuck the thing is. You want to get close, just seriously, you can buy, you can pay. I, I, I'm serious, right now, mortgage your house, I'll it's get like, you there. It's like they open up a trench gate going, you want some, you want some answers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the OT levels, which is the op operating Phaeton. They use the word Phaeton for spirit just because the word spirit in our language has so many synonymous meanings that you know, aren't necessarily on target. So they use from the Greek theta, Phaeton for spirit, and have these levels operating Phaetons, which is like where Tom Cruise goes up. And yeah, like Link says, mortgage your house, $100,000, and you can be you know, operating external of your body. There you go. How much is the entry level for like if I wanted if I honestly want to join the Scientology church and push through the ranks and get to the top how much money are we talking from your entry level where they nab you off the street for personality test and show you how fucked up you are and the perfect cure for you right now their entry level courses they always try and get people on straight away is an $80 course it's courses um, on ups and downs in life um, communication various $80 courses which get you in the course room for about uh, 10 to 20 hours so in that time you get to talk to other people and find out that other people are interested in the same things you are and so forth from there before you can go into those levels they have a course which is called the uh, purification rundown where um, you basically take shitloads of vitamins run around a lot spend a lot of time in the sauna sweating out and then a series of drills called TRs and objectives training routines and objectives which is um, essentially taking command of your being to project your will um, See, and then that, tone scale and things like that that do that. That stuff, but that implies that uh, wishing something, it's, it's like if bad things happen to you because you had a bad attitude. Oh, no, see, I think you're mixing some concepts here because you're talking more about like the secret and like that kind of positive manifestation. These guys are talking about like Darren Brown shit. They're talking about like full hypnotism style, like imposing your will. Like for example, one of the drills, we might use the phrase, look at that wall. And the completion of the drill is when you're able to, to, to say to someone, look at that wall, and they look at that wall. Yeah. It's, it's like on that level. And that course, by the way, is about two and a half thousand. Uh, and then you, there's two ways you can go. You can go up the bridge and learn auditing skills, or you can go the other way and get audited yourself. Uh, and yeah, that's when you start clocking up the, the, the big dollars. But uh, if you really wanted to just plough through, like you said, the best way would be to join staff, and, uh, and then it's all free. Really, so you just have to sell the books and then you can get all the books you want? Yeah, you work basically as a volunteer for Scientology, what they call staff. 
And uh, is that what you did, or did you like pay the whole way? Um, I did a few entry level courses. I paid for my own TRs and objectives and purification course. And oh, really? And then I went on staff. Yeah. How was? What did you learn about it? Oh, look, the information that they have is is very very good, um, and they call things axioms because they they do work. It's the technology is definitely there, but um, like any organization, it's um, guarded by you know fanatics and it gets to the point they're the only hope and I've seen people start preaching that they are the only ones they just lose it's my interest it's um I mean Scientology is proof that pyramid schemes don't always work they don't work and that's all Scientology is is a glorified pyramid scheme a pyramid scheme with a navy a what yeah, Bob, please. Sea Org, yeah. Please enlighten the folks about that. They the have uh, a special branch, which is called the Sea Org, because after certain levels of training, it's not safe to do it around, like, developed areas with um, electrical and various other reasons. So certain courses can only be done on a ship in the middle of the sea, and they have a, a ship for the purposes of these high-level courses, but also as their elite sort of org, or what they call the advanced org, the AO, um, they have their own special, like like police forces and stuff, have an internal affairs sort of thing. They have the Sea Org, which is the, the elite of the elite. Uh, to join the Sea Org, you sign, I think, I'm not sure off the top of my head, whether it's, it's either a two or a seven yeah, million year contract and then um, to serve and the then Sea Org. Yeah, and that's, so that's an extra, yeah, I mean, that just, that's another layer of the pyramid. It's... It's an awesome layer. I want to see the time where Scientology fights a war against, like, who would they fight? The, the Markab Federation, by their own accords. The Markab Federation? Yeah, who are the Markab the Federation? they trapped people here on Earth, prison Earth, um, trapped their thetans in an energy field and see, this is, stuck people I mean, here let's on Earth. Can we, can we just draw something? Let me just enlighten the folks. Yeah. Maybe everyone already knows this, but L. Ron Hubbard is a famous science fiction writer. So yeah, he was good mates with um, Alistair Crowley and Jack Parsons as well. Yeah. In fact, um, they so actually stole his wife and, and yacht. <laughs> He's just an elaborate story. He's a very good writer. But that's about it. Wait, is he though? Because I saw that battleship, battlefield Earth movie. I mean, I know there's a script. I'm sure the adaptations. Are the books, books as, are they yeah, good? Or? Very, very in-depth. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take it back. People, people can't recreate movies, uh, uh, recreate books as movies. Yeah, if you judge Alan Moore on his film uh, re-adaptations, you might not realise that he's the greatest writer ever. Alan Moore. Alan, you, do you know Alan Moore? Viv Vendetta, Watchmen. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> This guy, acting all coy, with his Alan Moore knowledge. Who's Alan Moore? Alan Moore's this shit. Yeah, well, okay, but the th the, so you're you're claiming that Alan Hubbard was making all this stuff up about the Thetans. Is that what you're suggesting? Huh? Are you suggesting that Alan Hubbard was making up the stuff about the Thetans? But could it not be that the science fiction that he was writing was just him? He knew a lot, but he was just preparing the people for the truth that he had to bring them that, you know, it was like, it was the fucking truth, but the Thetans are being held, so there's he had no, to, you know, plant the ideas. What? There's no truth. There's no truth. There's no truth. Anywhere? Never. It's like chasing a horizon. You can never know the truth. I hate environmentalists. 
But that's what people get angry at environmentalists because they think it's they're slowing down the economy and creating restrictions. And a lot of these people are Christian. A lot of these people are very devout Christians. And that's such a confusing thing to me that if you believe that God gave you the earth, that God created the earth for you, why would you not be have to look after it? Why the fuck? Why would you not think that when he came back he wouldn't go, what the fuck? did you do? I gave this to you, motherfucker. Are you crazy? The polar bears are brown. What did you, what did you do to the polar bears? Did you shit all over every polar bear? What did you, who did this? Who spilled this shit? Who spilled this? Come over, did you fucking spill this? What is that? It's oil, it's just some oil. I didn't mean to spill. Well, why did you take it out of the fucking ground? Because I wanted to go faster. I don't, well, I'm, not, it's not, I'm not fast enough. And I was cold. What the fuck do you mean cold? I gave you everything you needed, you piece of shit. Well, because jobs. I wanted, what is a job? What is, explain to me, what's a fucking job? You go like you work at a place, and when people call when they, their game doesn't work, and you help them figure it out. <laughs> what do you do that for? For money. What do you need money for? Food. Just eat the shit on the floor. <laughs> I left shit all over the floor. <laughs> Fucking corn and wheat and shit. Grab it up, make some bread. What are you doing? Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't have like bacon around it, and like <laughs> I like when it has like. Like bacon on it and <laughs> Well, that's it for the interview for today. Uh, we've got still a little bit more comedy for you. Uh, of course, you just heard Louis C.K. And up next is the dearly departed Mr. Ron Williams. Uh, this podcast was recorded uh, over a year ago. And uh, since that time, uh, he's passed away. So, um, yeah, it's a bit interesting that this is on here. Have a listen, see what you think. And we'll be closing the show with the godfather of podcasting, uh, Mr. Joe Rogan. Check it out. To be the word, not translatable, not metaphorical, the word. In the beginning, Genesis, let there be light. Could that be a metaphor for the Big Bang? No, God just went click. <laughs> So you're saying we're all descended from Adam and Eve, then we're all cousins. That's right. (laughs) Here's the thing. There are miracles, though. There's miracles in the Bible. Like when Moses, and I'm not talking guns and Moses. No, I'm not talking. Not Charlton Heston going, let the Jews go, the Pharaoh gets two in the head. No. Charlton Heston, a man who said guns don't kill people. Apes with guns kill people. No, Chucky, no. Second Amendment, it started off, it was muzzle loaders, people going like this, and this still continues. That's okay. But I'm talking about the time Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go, and Pharaoh went, in your dreams. And Moses called to God going, God, I need some help. And frogs fell from the sky. Maybe they fell from the sky, or maybe they were Jews with catapults going, no. And thank God it was the Egyptians and not the French, because the French would go, lunch, okay? Why should we let you go, you great caterers? I can't let you go, you crazy people, huh? But frogs fell from the sky. At that point, I'd be going, get your shit out! The frogs, I said, wait a minute. That's what we should do, that's what we should drop on Afghanistan. Not bombs, not food, fucking frogs. 
Frogs, lizards, hamsters, gerbils, shit they haven't seen. And if you want to get people out of caves, a shitload of New York rats. Oh, baby. You know. New York rats will be going, hey, come on, raid. <laughs> I eat pussy literally. Bring it on! But that's what they dropped in. And even then, Pharaoh was not plus to Oh, please, David Copperfield, no. And then boils, and then firstborn dies. That's it! Hebrews, get out! And everybody, Banish Tadanoi, everybody! Hello, let's not wait for the bread to rise. Let's take the crackers and the skin off your penis. We're leaving! Excuse me, why the skin off our penis? We're traveling people, you don't want sand in there. Let's go! And this is so passe, the dicky thing, forget it. Let's move! We're going through the desert, and then they get the Ten Commandments, would be adjusted by certain presidents. That happens later. And they get to the Red Sea there, the sea, the sea. And they go, what now, Mr. Magic? What do we do now? We're going to walk on the frogs' box, with the frogs' box. Frogs' backs. Thank you for watching me this far. Obviously, I did inhale. So... What will we do now, Mr. Big Shot? And he calls to God again, and the sea parts. And even the most doubting Jew is going, you're good. <laughs> let's go, everybody. Come on, everybody, let's move. Don't eat the shellfish. I'll tell you why later. Let's go. <laughs> Where are we going? To Jerusalem to start years of struggle and later to Miami to fuck up an election. Let's go. <laughs> I love and then the pharaoh comes, but the sea closes, and he calls to his cat-like god, but his cat-like god can't do shit, because he's afraid of water. <laughs> and then, there's another miracle. The night that Mary said to Joe, Joe, I'm pregnant. And Joe went, holy mother of God, and she went, you're right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, what a great name, Joe. That is so much better than Shmuel. Way to go! I love you, Joe. Wait, hold on a minute, Mary. Hold on a minute. So I'm the stepfather of God's kid? Yeah. So I can't discipline him. I can't go, you've done wrong, because the kid will look at me and say, you're not my real dad. What are you doing, Mary? How did it happen? Oh, it's immaculate, Joe. Oh, it better be, Mary. It better be immaculate. I'm sorry I'm transforming Joe into Ralph Cramden. But it seemed to be kind of appropriate, because... Up to that point, all the names in the Bible are very Jewish. You have Noah, Moses, Zebedee, and then you get Mary and Joe. We are just a hyphenate away from Mary Jean and Joe Bob. We could have had Jim Bob, the son of God. Praise to him, Jim Bob. He who finds a stuff and gets me a job, Jim Bob. And here's the other drill. Jesus was an only child, because thank God, who would want to be Jerry, the brother of Christ? That's a tough gig. Come on, Jerry, we're going to the beach. Oh, great, Mom. Yeah, Jesus is going to walk on the water, feed everybody, heal them, and get a whole bunch of disciples. I'll sit there with a rash and sand in my ass. Great day for me. He ends up in a bar at the age of 30 going, yeah, I'm Jerry Christ. whoop de doo yeah, I got, a, I, I got, I healed somebody. Here, Spot, come on, boy, heal. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, my brother, yeah, Jesus, he's a carpenter. I'm a plumber, you do the math. And people say to me, they say, Jesus wasn't Jewish. I say, of course he was Jewish. 30 years old, single, living at home with his parents? Come on. 
Working in his father's business, his mother thought he was God's gift. He's Jewish. Give it up. <laughs> it's an old tradition. And if he was Jewish and many of his disciples were Jewish, for the Last Supper, would they have not have gone out for Chinese? I think so. <laughs> Welcome to Yahweh. Hold on. One moment. No service, no sandal. Okay, you come in now. Hold on. You're at 12. All I got is two tables of six right now. They're not together. Wait a minute. Hold on. I got one big table by the window, but you all have to face this way. <laughs> all right. Hold on. You are glowing, so I guess we won't need the lamp. That's very nice. And you just turned a Sichuan chicken into a live chicken. You're very good. <laughs> and it's said that night that Jesus turned to his disciples and said, one of you shall betray me. And Peter said, is it me, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, it is not you, Peter. And Simon said, is it me, Jesus? And Jesus turned to Simon and said, no, it is not you, Simon. And Judas said, is it me, Jesus? And Jesus turned to him and went, is it me, Jesus? <laughs> Thus you see two traditions beginning, Jewish sarcasm and Gentile humor, together, born <laughs> at that main moment. And the next day the miracle occurred, crucifixion, resurrection, and he rose again from the dead. And if he sees his shadow, another 2,000 years of guilt. Yes. <laughs> And here's for me the one big question. How do you get crucifixion, resurrection, and then chocolate bunnies, colored eggs? How do you do that one? Even kids are going, rabbits don't lay eggs. What is this? And you don't want a kid biting the head off a chocolate Jesus. That's not good. Ah, you don't want a little cream-filled cross going, no, you don't want that. This is a thing that nobody really considers. You know as much about what life is all about as anybody who's ever lived ever. That's the craziest fucking thing about us. We're all just kind of wandering through this, going, do you know what you're doing? Yes. <laughs> oh, I do too. I know what I'm doing. Okay, good then. But really, no one has a fucking clue. But we never bring it up. You remember when you were a kid and you thought they were real grown-ups? You remember that shit? You remember? You know what I'm talking about, motherfucker. All the people love to pretend they know what the fuck is going on. We're all full of shit. When I was a kid, I thought they were grown-ups. Didn't you? Like, you were crying, you got sent to your room, like, you know what? One day I'm going to be a grown-up and everything's going to make sense. And then one day you're like 25 at the supermarket and the bag boys calls you sir and you're like, what the fuck? How'd that happen? Shit! You mean I'm a grown-up? Oh my God, are we fucked? You mean nobody knows? We're all, we're all just zombies walking through this life? Shit! The real problem is the reality of life is way too huge for most people to grasp, including me. Like, how about space? When does that shit ever come up? You ever think about, if, if you enjoyed any part of this show tonight, I would just like one extra minute of your time. When you get out of here, you get out in the parking lot, just look up for one minute. Do you ever do that? I never even pay attention to space unless I'm high. And when I'm high, it's usually like, dude, has that shit always been there? How come that never comes up? Space is the most taken for granted thing ever. You know how crazy it is and it's above you every day and it never comes up. If we all lived underground or indoors, there was only one place in the whole world where you could see space, you know how popular that shit would be? Everybody would travel to see space. You would just stand there and hold hands and look up and go, Wah! There's no ceiling, this is fucking incredible, it's mind blowing. But instead, it's just there every 
every day. And you're like, oh, look, the Big Dipper. I see that? Oh, that's great. People travel to see the fucking Grand Canyon. Like, dude, you gotta go to the Grand Canyon, man. Dude, it changed my life, man. I stood out there and saw that canyon. It was so immense. I just realized well, how small my role in the universe really is. Oh, really? Wow. Hey, how about all that shit? What the fuck are you talking about? Those aren't light bulbs, motherfucker. Those are huge nuclear explosions billions of miles away. And it goes on forever. Do you know what forever means? It means this whole universe of hundreds of billions of galaxies might just be a part of one atom that's in the cell of the balls of one guy who lives in another universe. It's part of one atom that's a cell of a ball and a guy. And it goes on and on and on and on forever. And there's no fucking end. And you're looking at a ditch. You just drove six hours to look at a ditch. You're a fucking dummy. You can see the bottom. Why is that even interesting to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're small, it's big. Space is some fucking crazy shit. Some people don't believe in aliens. I do believe in aliens. But I believe they gave up on people a long time ago. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I think there's a few liberal aliens out there still hanging in. Well, you know, hey, man, I think they're going to pull it together. I, I think we should help them and give them more technology. No! Every time we do that, they blow shit up. All right, that's it for the show. So if you want to get in contact, just hit us up on shiatsulink at gmail.com. That's S-H-I-A-T-S-U-L-I-N-K at gmail.com. We're always looking for new guests. We're looking for information that might be uh, contrary to what we've put on the show. You know, any discussion, any um, any feedback, hit us up. We've got a Facebook page, and you can check out Inverter Alter, Squid Squad, Binormal, Inkstain Pro. All of my musical output is free at inkalot.net. And, um, yeah, and, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.